So Lord Jesus, if you will, by your grace, take us somehow to the other dimension. And God, you know my heart. I don't pray that in a hokey way. But if you will, just give us a glimpse of what so many people have been able to see in Scripture. Take us to the future home for the believer. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Be seated. Well, so the text we find ourselves in today is Revelation chapter 4. We're going to hit 4 and 5 today. If you've been journeying with us, we're in a, a journey through the book of Revelation. And it, it's been awesome so far. This will be our, our third time to journey through this text together. And um, maybe just as a way of introduction to this, how many of you guys remember when MTV did the series called MTV Cribs? Right? Okay, yeah. Uh, they showed everybody's big mansions and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's a vast majority in here who's like, no, what are you talking about? MTV is just where they show ridiculousness, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, actually, MTV used to show music videos, side note, just for fun. Um, but anyways, they would show these MTV cribs and all this kind of stuff, and, and it kind of gives you a glimpse into this... This whole different lifestyle of different people and what they experienced. Well, today's text is going to take us somewhere far deeper than MTV Cribs. Um, and, and maybe just another example to, to get, kind of get us thinking is before Macy Lane had her heart surgery, we had a, a family who decided to take us to Disney World on a trip. And they were like, do you want to go to Disney World? And we were like, you're paying? They're like, yeah. We're like, well, of, of course. Where do we sign up? And so they took us to Disney World and they said, well, when we go, do you want to eat in the castle? I'm like, yeah, of course I want to eat in the castle. And they were like, well, do you want breakfast? Well, of course I want breakfast. And so they, they took us and we had this dinner up in the castle with all the princesses and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm, I'm telling you now, man, look, at first I was a little skeptical. I was like, come on, you know, breakfast, this is a moneymaker. Mm, Disney breakfast is on point. And especially when it's served to you by all the, uh, the, the kings and the princesses and all that kind of stuff, they're French toast. Man, but we've definitely deterred. But, you know, it was this, it was this moment that I, it, it took my breath away. I was like, I have never experienced breakfast with a princess, you know. Um, you know but it was, it was awesome. It was this fantastic moment. It took me to this whole other dimension. And, and if you will, today we're going to go somewhere Way better than anybody's MTV crib. We're going to go way better than Cinderella's castle. We're going to see something way greater than French toast served by Jasmine herself. We're, it, it, if you will, by God's grace today, we are going to have a personal visit into the divine throne room of God Almighty. Now listen, that gets me pumped all of the, all, just right off the bat. But I think as you'll see as we go through the text, man, this is an incredibly encouraging text, okay? So here we go. Revelation chapter 4, let's just go ahead and jump in. And so this catches us back up, and it starts with two words that will catch us back to where we are. Uh, John is seeing this vision of eternity, and he says, after this, that being our first word. So after this, after what? After everything we've studied for the past two weeks, after chapter 1, after chapter 2, after chapter 3, after this, after John was caught up into the third realm, 
after John um, saw the seven evaluation letters that were handed out to the churches that we got into last week, after this, after all of these things, each and every one of them ended with a gospel opportunity to repent, and it ended with last week, chapter 3, and to the one who receives their evaluation letter, repents, turns to me, I will grant with him to sit with me on my throne. And so that's where we ended last week. But after this, after all of this, John looked, and here we begin our journey through today's text. It'll be three simple points. Point number one will be the focal point of heaven. And what you're going to see as we begin to enter into the divine presence of the Lord is the focal point of heaven is the throne of God. Now right now, that may not sound like a lot, but get ready, because it is. So here we go. Revelation chapter 4. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had an appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders. And they were clothed in white garments with gold crowns on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the thrones were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of grass, glass like crystal. Like already is that beginning to stir up this entry into this whole different divine reality. What is heaven like? I don't know all that it's like, but I know that the centerpiece is definitely this throne. Now just as a recap, a couple of the things that we just read. Okay, let, this, let this start stirring your soul and your affections to the Lord in eternity. Number one, the first thing that we saw was a door standing open. Did you catch that? The door was wide open into eternity. Now remember, a lot of us here, what are you going to do when you walk up to the gate and St. Peter's standing there and he says, why should I let you in? You've, you've heard all this. You know St. Peter's not standing there. He's, he, like he don't have any special role or anything like that. And it's, it's this imagery we hear a lot of times of the gate closed. But what is the gate to eternity? What is it? It's wide open. The door is already open for the believer. And so we see this. And, and we all know what it's like, right? That sickening feeling. When you lock your keys in your car and you're like, oh gosh, or you go outside, you've locked your door to your house or um, you, you've, you've the hotel room, you know, you swap the key card and burr, you get the red light, whatever. In eternity, we first see right off the bat, the door now wide open. And for the believer, this is awesome. Why? Because on earth, the door is shut. The door to eternity on earth and heaven is shut and it's locked. We, we're stuck. Like Paul said, I'm stuck between the two. I want to go and be there, but I, I can't. I'm stuck right here. Why? Because we're stuck in our sin. And our sin has locked the door, but not heaven. 
Heaven, the door stands wide open. Why? Because Revelation chapter 1, Jesus entered and he said, I saw the one who held the keys. So what do we know about heaven right off the bat? Number one, Christ has gone before, took the keys off his belt, unlocked the door, opened it up and said, Believer, come on in. That's just number one. So we saw the door was open not to enter into fantasy land, but to enter into ever after land. We see that, number one. And what did he see? He also stood not a door standing open, but he saw the throne stood in heaven. Again, that centerpiece. It's interesting that the throne is mentioned 13 times in the first 11 verses. The centerpiece of heaven is this standing throne. Notice that the throne is a set throne. It's not a portable throne. Now, our governmental cycle will skew our view of ruling and leading and all this kind of stuff. Right now, we're in that presidential cycle. And so there's the perspective of a president coming in, coming out, changes to the White House, changes to the Oval Office, all this kind of stuff. Not in heaven. Not in heaven. Because the throne is, is set. It's a set throne. It's, it's immovable. It's impenetrable. There's no voting God in. There's no vo voting God out. There's no term limits. There's no nothing. He stands there on his throne ruling. It's, it's, it's very cool to me also in this passage about this throne. Where do thrones usually exist? Inside what? Inside of a castle. Did you notice a castle in this passage? Negative. Why? Because no castle can hold the throne of God. It's just there. It sits on its own. It is the centerpiece. The second place you would think of a throne would be not just a castle, but maybe a temple, a temple throne. And a lot of times we think of in eternity, okay, there's got to be this great temple and that's where God resides. No, 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 no. The throne and the temple itself is where God himself exists. And so God sits on His throne in the centerpiece of heaven. He is the temple. He's the temple in and of Himself. He is where His presence dwells, this being the centerpiece. And notice so we saw an open door. We saw a throne standing in heaven. And then we see one in that text seated on the throne. Did you catch that? Did you notice what God is not doing in eternity? He's not pacing. He's not having meetings with delegates to figure out what's going to happen in eternity. He's not wandering around. He's not wringing his hands going, I cannot believe that Ben did that. I can't believe Avery. Can you I can't, what am I going to do? I can't believe Ricky did this. He's not wondering. He's not shocked. He's seated, standing supreme. Which is a glorious news that history is not a series of a bunch of random chances put together. It's not God going, I didn't know that was going to happen. or what. He's, he's seated, ruling, reigning. I can think of nothing more comforting that for a believer. To know that not only the good things, but also the bad things, not only the knowable things, but the things we didn't know, there is nothing that escapes God's rulership as He just sits on the throne and goes... Exactly as I saw it coming to pass. He's ruling, seating on his throne, not shocked. And this is the exact same scene that Jacob saw. 
In Genesis chapter 28, it's the exact same scene that Isaiah saw in chapter 6 of Isaiah. It's the exact same scene Ezekiel saw in chapter 1 of Ezekiel. It's the exact same thing that Micaiah saw in 2 Chronicles 1.8. It's the exact same thing Stephen saw in Acts chapter 7. It's the exact thing that John is seeing now. And one day, it is for the believer the exact thing we will see first and foremost when we walk into eternity. We walk in and we don't see Peter... We walk in the open door and go, holy moly, <laughs> which is the first time that will ever be used in context. Whoa. And it will mesmerize us, which, so here's the thing, there may, not, there may be all kind of things that we see in heaven. There may be a, a lot to see, but anybody's account of experiencing heaven, and it begins with something like this, well, I, I was transported into heaven and I saw Paul Paul. Well, that story is suspect. It's just suspect. I'm not saying you won't see Paul Paul. Or the person that says, well, I, I, you've, some of you guys read the book and I've got all my story and I've got my theories on that. And I even wrote a paper about it. Kind of stuff. You know, the, the 60 seconds in heaven or 30 minutes in heaven, all this kind of stuff. Well, I, I slipped into eternity and then Mama walked up to me and said, how are you? Listen, you ain't going to care about Mama. You just won't. In heaven, the consistent theme is you walk in and boom, God Almighty. The throne displayed. It's the overwhelming thing. And then we notice the appearance around the throne. Did you see it? There was all kind of things. We saw Jasper. We don't even know what Jasper is. I promise you this. I promise you what it's not. It's not driving an hour. It's not that place over there. <laughs> Now, I love Jasper and Uncle Mort's, and I grew up right close to it, okay? If you're from Jasper and not knocking your hometown, I, I'm with you. I love Jasper, but it ain't that. You walk in, and he sees Jasper. It was this clear prism. This clear prism is, 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 is like a diamond. And so the imagery that he gives here is around the throne. It's like a disco ball of flashing light. And every time you see this light, now when I said disco ball, some of y'all immediately think, thought, well, in heaven, there's not going to be that going on. But all of a sudden, there's this light everywhere, and every flash radiates an aspect of God's glory. He's overwhelmed as he sees this. He said, it's, it's like Jasper, this flashing light. And carnelian. Anybody in here have a carnelian ring on right now? Me neither. Because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> but we do know that carnelian was this red, this red jewel. It had this deep red glow to it. And so what he's saying is, what I saw was this, this, this reminder of fieriness. The reminder of fiery judgment. So as he walks up and sees the throne, he says there's light everywhere and there's this red reminder of God's wrath and judgment. But then notice what he also said. He said, I also saw a rainbow. A rainbow. So I walked in and I saw this rainbow. We're all reminded in Genesis chapter 9 what God said to Noah. He said, I'm going to set my what? I'm going to set my rainbow in the sky. And this rainbow will be a reminder that I will never ever destroy the earth again. The next time you are with me is you'll be with me forever. So he sits this rainbow. So get the picture here. Are you catching this gospel scene, guys? Like this should blow your mind. So what John says is, at the center of the throne is God's wrath and judgment and surrounding it is unexplainable grace. 
So, so, so when I see the throne, I'm reminded that He's holy and just and He's other and we all deserve damnation. But surrounding it is this beautiful rainbow reminding me that though He could with one thought crush all of humanity, He also chooses in His love to offer not that crushing blow, but His embrace. That's good. And it gets better. Not only saw that, he saw 24 elders have no who idea who they are. No clue. I, I don't want to get into the speculation. There's all kind of speculation. But there's these 24 elders. Somehow humanity has been elevated and delegated to rule and reign with God. And I don't understand how that works. But nonetheless, this is this imagery. And he says, but what are they wearing? They're wearing white garments and crowns. And the only question I can think of in my mind is, how on earth did they get these white garments and crowns? It's just a reminder that though we walk into eternity with nothing, God gives out these gracious gifts. And He gives them these white robes and these crowns. And then He sees lightning and thunder and fire reminding us that in heaven, even the elements of nature can't contain themselves. They're constantly shuddering and fluttering at His power. And then He says... And around that I saw seven torches of the seven spirits. That being simply the fullness of the Spirit of God. We know that because in Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah explains the Spirit in seven explanations. And he says, so when I walk into eternity, I see part of the triunity. I see a biunity, I guess, if you will, at this point. I walk in, I see the throne, the door is open, flashes of lightning. I see God Himself and the fullness of the Spirit of God is sitting there. I'd love to see the Spirit. How many times have you been driving in your car or sitting in a service or thinking and the Spirit just overwhelmed you and you knew it was the Spirit? Y'all experienced that? And you're like, I'm, what if you got to see Him? Oh, that'd be cool. It's going to be cool. He says, I see this. And then I saw a, a sea of glass like crystal. Now, this is interesting because... A lot of us think sometimes, you know, in heaven, will I, get to, will I get to water ski or wakeboard on a sea? You know, well, we know in Revelation 21 that there is no sea in eternity, right? So I saw a new heaven and a new earth. We'll get to this later on. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and there was no more sea. The sea was no more. So there's no seas in heaven. So what is he saying here? He's saying, I saw, he says, I saw glass of crystal and it was like a sea. In other words, this throne that he sees is just a footing. Even the ground just is reflecting God's glory. It's just emanating everywhere above him, around him, and even below him. The earth is reflecting like sea. The whole place is full of inexplainable sights and lights. Do you want to go there? Not yet. Not yet. And so the focal point of heaven is the throne of God and we're going to continue on and we're going to see the activity of heaven. So what's going on in heaven? The activity of heaven is the worship of God. Let's jump back to verse 6b. And around the throne, on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature is like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature had the face of a man. The fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, 
Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who's seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, whoever they are, fall down before Him who's seated on the throne. And they worship who lives forever and ever. And they cast their thrones before, uh, their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things and by Your will they existed and they were created it's a whole nother level now. You remember what I said in the very first sermon on Revelation? I said, no, you've got to remember, John is seeing things that he has no context for. He has no explanation. He's got he's to explain things he's never seen before. Well, this is a picture of what's going on here. He says, I, I walk in the door. It's open. I see the throne. God's seated on it. I see these lights, I see these flashes of thunder, I see all of this kind of stuff, I see the 24 elders, and, and then I see these things, <laughs> and I don't know what they are. They're not just four eyes, oh crazy four eyes, they're all kind of eyes. And they see everything, and they are like some things, they're like a lion, which all I can imagine is, maybe it's just a symbol of earthly power can't think of a beast more powerful than a lion. Or he says, there's one like an ox. So I think about the, the picture of the pinnacle of maybe humble servanthood. And there's one, it's, it's kind of like a man. If we think on earth, maybe the pinnacle of earthly reasoning and rationale and thought and, and will and intellect. And then I see a fourth one, it's, it's like an eagle in flight. Uh, limitless, not bound by gravity, able to, with swift movement, go to and fro. And he says, I see all of these things, and, and maybe they're supreme examples of everything on earth. And so he says, I see this, and I see these supreme examples of power and humility and, and flight and, and service. And I see all of that, and the picture is to point us to not who they are, but what they do. All these worldly, worldly pinnacle beings doing the exact same thing. Screaming what? Holy. 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 It's like they're stuck. It's the only word in Scripture that is ever taken to the thrice repetitiveness. You'll never find any other word except for holy. And all these, the pinnacle of earth, what do they do in heaven? They're stuck just going, I'm in the door. Whoa. Holy. Holy? Try to think of another word. I don't have one. Holy. They're just stuck in all. That's what heaven is like, it's seeing this and it's so far beyond my words. And they're, what are they doing? They're giving glory, they're giving honor, they're giving thanks. They're asking the question, why am I even here? I'm the pinnacle of everything on earth. Power, humility, service, swiftness. Why am I here? It's only because of you. What do I say? Holy. Holy other. And then what do they do with their crowns that they've received? What do they do with them? The same thing we're going to do. They've received a crown and they, they see the Lord and they go, what am I doing with this thing? <laughs> and 
And they throw it at his feet. And they go, not only why am I here, but why do I have this crown? You deserve this. And they toss it before the Lord. We see that in the pictures. And then what do they say? You are worthy. Worthy. Worthship. I'm offering you worth, not me. I don't deserve anything. You get it all. All of my worthiness, all of my energy, all of my voice, all of my actions. I'm just pouring it out all to you. That's the scene we see in heaven. And so the question may be in your mind, but it's awesome, Troy. I'm starting to get stirred up. But I know we're a little bit reformed. Some of us are a little bit stuck. And right now I want to dance. You can dance in here. It don't matter. Let's go. Break it. Get after it. And so we feel this starting to stir up. And so we say, oh, that's awesome, Troy. But you know what? i got other questions. Troy, is there going to be golf in heaven? I don't know. I don't know. Troy, yeah, well, that's, that's cool. I want to get there. Can we planet hop in heaven? There's a whole galaxy. Surely the Lord is going to kind of let us jump to Jupiter, Venus, Mars, and see the Milky Way and, and beyond. He might. I don't know. He might. I don't know. Troy, hold on a second. Is there going to be at least chocolate fountains? For the love of the holy God, can we have chocolate fountains everywhere? I don't know. There might be. There might be. And maybe even marshmallows to go in there. There might be those things. Troy, does anyone have to strip furniture in heaven? I pray not. I pray that is reserved for hell and the demons and all the above. I don't know. But what I do know is this. We won't care. We won't care. We won't care about the golf. We won't care about the chocolate fountains. We won't care about anything because upon this site, we'll do the exact same thing. What am I wearing? Get this off. All glory to you. Holy, holy, holy. I don't deserve to be here. Why did you let me in? Thank you. Thank you. And that's the picture we see. And so it's interesting. But this worship now is kind of starting to churn up in Revelation. And we're going to see it increase throughout Revelation. This is where it starts. The worship service starts right here. And then it's going to grow. Next week we're going to start adding instruments to the worship service. A couple of chapters later, there's other beings that are going to show up for worship service. After that, myriads upon myriads of people are going to start showing up. And then after that, people from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every nationality is going to show up. How's that going to work? We all speak different languages. I don't know. We won't care. And this whole thing is going to erupt in this crescendo all the way through Revelation till it gets to the very end where Jesus goes, everybody's worshiping and He goes, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's going to erupt. And right now in church service, you're like, I don't know if I should hold my hands or not. I don't know, it's a little weird. In heaven, you're not going to care. And I'm going to laugh at you. I'm going to laugh at you. I'm really not. But I am going to come up to you and at least nudge you and go, we could have done that on earth. And that's what's going to erupt. It's just going to erupt in this crescendo. And it's going to be awesome. And it's just now starting. And guess what, church? We don't have to wait. Every time we gather is an opportunity and a glimpse to peer into the eyes of the Lord God Almighty and say to Him, You are worthy. And then when we think it couldn't get any better, number three, we see the supreme joy of heaven. What is heaven like? I don't know. I know the focal point is the throne of God. What is heaven like? I don't know. But I know the activity is the worship of God. What is heaven like? 
I don't know, but I know there is one supreme joy. And that supreme joy is the Lamb of God. Chapter 5. Then I saw after all of these things in the right hand of Him who's seated on the throne, that being God Almighty, a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one, no one in heaven and on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look into it. And so... John says, I begin to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has conquered. So he can open the scrolls and its seven seals. And before the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. It had seven horns with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of God Almighty, who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down now before the lamb, each holding a harp. And golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they begin to sing a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation. And you've made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of Many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that's in them saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. What a scene. What an even greater reality. What do we compare this to? I mean, seriously. You thought that your 13-year-old birthday party was pretty awesome. Not anymore. You thought that your anniversary was great. Mm -mm. Nope. You thought that that 4th of July fireworks show where fireworks erupted everywhere was wondrous. No, 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 not anymore. Did you hear this scene in heaven? And now the lamb enters the picture. Here's what this is like. Maybe I could paint the picture this way. Me and uh, the boys, when they were younger, I took them to the greatest thing I think that I could take them to as a father, especially growing them up as men, uh, that being a WWE wrestling match. It was powerful. It was, it, was, it was a moving moment for them, and if I'm honest, for me as well. And Hulk Hogan didn't show up, but it was, it was a kind of a powerful moment. We didn't know this guy was coming into the scene. All kind of stuff were, was going on, and then all of a sudden... And I didn't know. Like, I didn't know all the chants. They knew them. Like, every time a, two bars of a, a music went off, they knew who was coming up next. And so I acted like I did, and I was like, yeah, you know. And we're screaming, you know. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, some music hits. 
and it drops. And the lights go out. That's the call. This has definitely got to be Hulk Hogan. I'm like, right? It's got to be. And then the kids are like, who's Hulk Hogan? I'm like, he's a real wrestler, right? And the lights go out. And, and then the whole crowd starts going nuts. Everybody who was seated before is now standing up. And they start chanting. And then all of a sudden the music starts flashing. And before God Almighty, it pictures up on the screen. And all of a sudden there is John Cena in all of his glory. To which again, I'm like, who's that guy? And they're like, it's John Cena, man. It's John. I'm like, okay, I didn't know. Why are we doing this? You know? And John Cena pops out and he comes running. And it just it overwhelmed everybody's senses. It took everybody's breath away. Everybody was like, Cena, Cena. And he didn't even wrestle. He went into the ring and argued with somebody and then left. And everybody was ready to take him out on a carriage. I was like, he didn't even do anything, man. Hulk Hogan, would, who's Hulk Hogan? Right. So it erupted the senses. That has nothing on this right here. One day, the Lamb of God busts in the room and everybody won't stand up and shout because everybody will be so overwhelmed. They fall in the face. That's the picture we see here. Let's repaint this picture as we begin to wrap it, wrap it up. God Almighty is about to begin executing judgment and unpouring the seven bowls, which is to come, okay? So this is what God... God is about to inaugurate eternity itself. Eternity is about to begin, but it, it can't begin. And it can't begin because the scroll hasn't been read yet. And the scroll has to be read. So John sees this scene and everybody's in eternity and no one is worthy to open the scroll. Nobody. And they begin asking, who is going to open this scroll and get this shebang started? And everybody's heart is palpitating. We're not going to get into eternity. This, how does this thing begin? And nobody can open the scroll. And then all of a sudden somebody screams, hold on a second, look! And the lights go out. Listen! And the beat drops. I don't know what Jesus' walk-in beat is, but the beat drops. And then all of a sudden, his music and the crowd splits and Jesus walks in. And Jesus walks in with stripes exposed. Remember, he's the lamb as the one that was to slaughter. He looked like a slaughtered lamb. So he busts in the scene and he busts in with his stripes exposed. He busts in with his nail-pierced hands. He busts in with the crown around here. Of, of thorns that shows the marks. He, he busts in as the lamb that was to be slain. And then all of a sudden, the 24 elders and the crazy beast-like things, what do they do? They just fall at His feet. We're like, Troy, I thought they were the epitome of power. Oh, no, no, not anymore. Because they fall. And then all of a sudden, Jesus walks up and He says this, I've already told you once. Give me the scroll. Why? Because it really is finished. It's finished. I told you on the cross, I have the authority to take the scroll. It's finished. Give it to me. And the Father says, you are the only one worthy. And He hands Him the scroll. And Jesus, the supreme joy, busts and inaugurates eternity Himself. And in this moment, everybody erupts with a loud voice. 
To Him who sits on the throne and now to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and ever and ever. Ladies and gentlemen, that's church. You ever want to know what church is? Well, I sure wish Britt and Andrew would have done this song. I, I really like that song. I don't know why they're not doing it. You know that Troy? I don't know if you noticed, but he went ten minutes long. I really wish you'd have cut it off on verse so-and-so. You know, I, I really like the way that they decorated that room and that building. But you know, Beth, if she'd have picked out a different color on those back walls, it would have popped a little more. You know, I really think we should do some more foreign mission trips. But then we would be church. Now, you want to know what church is? You want to know what church is? When we see Jesus for who He is and bow at His feet. That's church. And if you don't like that form of church, you're going to hate eternity. That's church. Let's pray together. So Lord Jesus, what on earth do we do with this picture of heaven that you've given us. God, my prayer is simply this, that we'll take in the reality. God, that that reality will overwhelm us. That the unbeliever in this room, the one who has not surrendered to you as Lord will take heaven reality and, and realize that their eternity hinges upon surrender to the Lamb. He's the only one who can open the door. He's the only one that can take the scroll. And He's the only one that can inaugurate eternity because He alone is the only one who can say, It is finished. God, that... Unbelievers will see their need to repent and call on Jesus today to redeem them, to forgive them of their sin. Call people to salvation right now, Lord Jesus. And then for the believer, what do we do? And I pray it's the same, that we take in the reality. And we'll be overwhelmed and worship you greatly, the one worthy to be worshipped. So church, maybe as we begin to sing, you just want to come and fall on your face and worship the Lord. Maybe you want to come down and just bow like the 24 elders and just say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I know I'm going to, I just want to pray for a minute proclaim you as Lord. The altar will be open. Maybe you just want to erupt and dance for a minute. That's fine. Just don't hit anybody next to you. Maybe you just want to sit 
and contemplate these thoughts for a moment. Our eternity is only sealed because of the Lamb, Jesus Christ.